So welcome back officially to Tiny Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio Duckhole. This is the show, sometimes a sheer, but usually a show, a radio show where we talk some topics or a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. We just had a month of the holidays, of the Mo'adim, of the Yom Tovim. We had Rosh Hashanah, then Shabbos, and then Yom Kippur, then Shabbos, and Sukkot, and Shabbos, and Sukkot, and Shabbos. Finally, we have come back to the routine, which I love. I love routine, going through the week in a, a set format and a set structure. For many people, it's very depressing. Obviously, I love Yom Tov too, but once Yom Tov is done, it's hard to get back into the daily grind, into the daily swing of things. It's hard for people to go, many of us, to go back to the mundanity of life, if you will, the daily grind of life, if you will. But I want to talk how essential it is, how important it is, and how you could love the daily routine and thrive for the daily routine, looking at different aspects of your week, especially from an occupational therapy perspective, we'll discuss different things from our spin, from our perspective, how we should go about different aspects of the week to think about how we could fully enjoy the week as much as possible day by day. So first of all, I'm an occupational therapist. As an OT, by profession, by trade, where we try to help others to live life to its fullest. We try to help others to live life to their fullest, to be as independent and as functional as possible for other people to lead occupational, meaningful lives. Our credo literally is live life to its fullest. So routines and following a routine, following a structure a structure and a set order to the day is crucial and critical and schedules are super important. In fact, AOTA, which is our basically our National Body of Occupational Therapy, the American Occupational Therapy Association, explains that in general we need to have a balanced life, a life full of routines, a life full of going through the set order of the day, the set order of life. It's essentially important. But to have that balanced life means making the time to do the things you want to do and that you have to do and balancing it with the things you must do for your health and emotional well-being. Balancing what you want to do with what you have to do for health and emotional well-being. What do I want to do? I want to be on the radio all day. What do I have to do? I have to work. We have to take care of the kids. We have to take care of the house stuff. We have to balance what we want to do with what we have to do. Once you're done with what you have to do, you could take care of what you want to do. If we get that stuff done first, then we can make time for what we want to do after a whole day of taking care of working, taking care of the kids. And after we settle down at the end of the day, my wife and I usually settle down once everyone is is settled in. And then if my wife falls asleep, only then will I go on and do what the things that I want to do, watch the show or whatever that I want to do at the end of the day. I have to do what I have to do first and then do what I want to do first. But how do we find it that we can... Equalify the day, I'm making up that word. How can we do it that we could bring in unison the things we want to do, the things we have to do with involving the routines of the day? And that's where we oftentimes come in. We want to create a harmonious and balanced life where it consists of many individual factors, such as spending time with family and friends, volunteering, engaging in a favorite hobby or pastime to maintain the other key responsibilities in your life. Key factors, key responsibilities, key parts to your life in tandem and balance with all the aspects of your day with the hours and minutes to the day. Just recently, we were able to be hosted on GM, to be hosted on GM in the AM with Nachum Siegel, and he asked a pointed question, how could it be that we make time in the day to try to balance the five podcasts, to try to balance what we can for the house and the kids and the wife and ourselves? How could we do so? And in OT school and in our life, it's, we talk often about time management skills. What I really don't like oftentimes is to see someone who literally sits like a couch potato the entire day doing nothing, wasting away the day, wasting away the hours and the minutes. As a human and as an occupational therapist, it's very difficult to see that. It's such a chaval, we say, chaval al-Azman in Hebrew. It's such a waste to the time, waste to the day. You have an ability in your life to take your time to take your minutes to take your hours what are you going to do with it you're going to waste away binge watching a show the whole day that was your day you got through 
uh, time warp space or whatever you can make up the show. That's what you did with your whole day. You watched four hours of cat videos. That's what you did with your day. What a waste. If we could take the hours and the minutes, we could make a routine to our day where we could have everything accomplished and we could look back in the day and be proud of what we did that day. Of course, it's important to rest and relax. It's very important to spend time with your wife and your kids. Very important to balance all these things. And at the end of the day, if you need to recharge, I understand you want to watch your show. At the end of the day, you you want to procrastinate a little little bit once everybody's sleeping and everything's done okay but the daytime energetic hours i often say the daytime energetic hours when i have the most ability i'm going to squander away those hours all those hours i'm going to waste away there's so much to do i literally sat down today in the morning and i said i have like 16 things i want to get accomplished how am i going to get it done what am i going to do what am i going to prioritize so first I have to do work for work. Then if I have a break, I could do some recordings. And if I have a break later, I could upload those recordings. And if I have another break, I can make sure that I do the da for the day. I can make sure I do the shtayim mikra for the day. And then I can make sure that I sent out the job postings for Luach. I make sure I sent out the video for Sparks. And I make sure that I get all these things accomplished. and make sure that I reached, I, I reconnected with and I... And I followed up with people from Jewish Podcasting to make sure we could try to get podcasters. We have X amount of hours in the day, X amount of hours in the week, X amount of hours in our life. We should be zolcha to 120 years. We look at the fact that now the Yom Tovim are behind us. We have a regular flow to the weeks. We have a regular flow to the schedule for a, a very long time. Mir Tashem, the next holiday, my favorite holiday, Hanukkah, coming up. It's still kind of a regular week. Yeah, you have to light candles and wonderful things like that. But for a while now, we have a stretch of a regularity. What can we do with that life and how could we enjoy that life? The The holidays are wonderful, but it kind of makes things very up in up in up in arms and up in in tandem when it comes to trying to keep the routine the schedule. You can't really get the hit the floor running. Kids start school but it's stopped by Roshana, then it's stopped by Yom Kippur, then it's stopped by Sukkot. Finally now we have a good flow. The kids can really get into school. We could really get into work, really get into the weeks and the days, really getting things accomplished. And as no two we want to accomplish the things we have to do with the things we want to do to have our health and emotional well-being and to make sure to have a harmonious and balanced life. Having lots of individual factors with the spending time with the family, with the spending time with friends and volunteering and engaging in that favorite hobby, that favorite pastime. If my whole day was spent only podcasting, only working on Fival, only working on getting podcasters, that would not be the best use to the day because I still have to get so many other things accomplished. First, what we have to do, then what we want to do. Living occupationally means to live a life invoked in different areas of occupation. What does that mean? We, as OTs, as occupational therapists, we help others to do this. Occupational therapy is a client-centered health profession concerned with promoting health and well-being through occupation, as the World Federation of Occupational Therapists explains. Areas of occupation are the areas that we try to help in, in, in a person, in an individual's life. There are eight different areas officially, and in in terms, excuse me, in terms of children, we focus on the ones related to the education mostly. Because I'm a pediatric occupational therapist by trade, I work in the school system for the city, the DOE, and when it comes to working with the kids, we we more cater it to the educational framework and the educational outlook. But in general, we do work in the areas of occupation of a person's life. Those areas are activities of daily living, such as dressing and eating, instrumental activities of daily living, the IADLs like laundry management, meal preparation, shopping, sleep and rest. And that's sleep participation and, and the things we do to become sleeping. And that's resting like lying in a hammock, but not sleeping, but not actually doing anything as well, that's an area as well. Work and that's work exploration and work accomplishment, really doing the work and that's paid work and unpaid work. Volunteering counts also. Then there's education itself, educational preparation, educational participation. Then there's play and leisure and social participation. Play, not to be confused with leisure. Play is when you're involved in a game, oftentimes, then it actually has set rules. You play Monopoly, Monopoly has set rules, but leisure is like a book. A book doesn't have a rule, really. You open the book, you read it, and then you put it down. It's There's no actual rule involved. And there's also play, 
when it comes to like recess, I think of play where you have kids running around the playground. There's no actual rules involved in that, but then there's structured play where you could have a game like dodgeball or elimination. There's actual rules to it and actual aspects to it, to the idea involved. When it comes to work, though, like we talked about, it includes paid and non-paid or volunteer, and there are differences between sleep and rest and play and leisure. Like we talked about, rest is like laying in a hammock listening to a podcast while sleep is actually being as asleep. One has rules, playing Monopoly, for example, and one does not have rules like reading for leisure. We want to make sure that in our life we have routines and in our life we have the ability to live life to its fullest. We want to make sure to use life to live life to its fullest. We want to make sure that we have a meaningful life. We have a life where we have people involved in what they want to be involved in. We want the days to be lived to its fullest. We need schedules and routines and rituals and roles in our life. We need to make sure we have our identities and purpose in the proper order. The dictionary defines a schedule as a plan for carrying out a process or procedure, giving lists of intended events and times. A routine is defined as a sequence of actions regularly followed, a fixed program. Rituals are seen as a series of actions or type of behavior regularly and invariably followed by someone, especially of a religious nature like those in Judaism. So it's a ritual to have the Sabbath once a week on Saturday starting Friday at sundown until Saturday at sundown. A ritual is also davening or praying for the morning or the afternoon or evening prayer. Many different people have many different types of rituals. And of course, in Judaism, we have rituals of a religious nature. Roles, when we think about roles, roles are defined as the function assumed for someone else, a function assumed or part played by a person or a thing in a particular situation. We have roles in life. We have rituals in life. We have different aspects of our life that we are involved in and that we are participating in that we have in our life that we need to accomplish, we need to have done in our days. So a role could be the function assumed by a person or a part played by a person or a thing in a particular situation. One of my roles is to be a dad. One of my roles is to be a husband. One of my roles is to be an occupational therapist. I apologize. Baby has not been sleeping very well. She's nine months now. Thank God, Kanina Haram. And you can hear her in the background. She doesn't want to go to sleep either. So rituals are defined as a series of these actions or behaviors regularly and invariably followed by someone, especially in that nature, like, like Judaism. And the roles are these different functions assumed by the part or the person in a particular situation. Identity. What's an identity? And we're talking about how to go about our days where we're involved in roles and rituals and identities. A lot of people are lacking identity. You ever hear of the midlife crisis? A person is not sure what to do with their identity. They're lacking in identity. They're lacking what to do with themselves in their lives. They don't know what they should be doing. A person works as a banker for 40 years but never feel, felt accomplished, never felt fulfilled. Doesn't know what to do with themselves. They're, they're at a loss for what to do with themselves. They're really not feeling the, the, the element of their life. They need to figure out what to do for their identity. Someone who doesn't work for the army anymore might feel a major loss of identity. Someone who finishes, retires from whatever job, working for the city, working for a company, if they, if they retire from that job, they retire from that profession, they retire from that position, they might feel a lack or a loss of identity. And to them, it might feel like a real loss because they don't know what to do with themselves. So many people who quit then end up getting very, very depressed, very bored, not to do with themselves. That's why you see many people go back and volunteer because a person, humans by nature need to do something, need to be involved in occupation. You can't sit around all day and do nothing. You'll get very bored of it and you'll get very depressed very quickly. A person needs to be involved, needs to do, needs to accomplish, and needs to be involved in something. Oftentimes, people who are elderly volunteer in the hospitals, they volunteer in the library, they volunteer as a greeter in Walmart. These are all wonderful things. They volunteer with schools as, a, as part of a, a classroom. They volunteer and they do what they can to use their time wisely to try to help others not need the remuneration 
not needing the monetary payment in order to be paid back for that because an identity is very important. It's a fact and a part of being who or what a person or a thing is. A person also needs a purpose to their days. Once we're in the set idea, the set structure of the day, of the flow of the days, of the weeks, person needs to make sure that they have a purpose. They have a reason, a reason for something that is done, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. What is the purpose of your life? We oftentimes have to ask ourselves. We're here for God willing, hopefully 120 years. What is the purpose of our life? What are we supposed to accomplish in this life? What are we supposed to do in this life? What are we supposed to bring to this life? In our profession, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to accomplish? What is the purpose of our profession? And OT defines it as helping people live life to its fullest. Helping people live meaningful lives, independent lives, functional lives as much as possible. In the school, when we work with kids, if they can't keep up with their classmates, they're not cutting properly, they're not coloring properly, they're not writing properly, they're not dressing properly, they're not eating properly, they're not organizing properly. All things that we can and do help them with to try to get up to par with their classmates to try to get them up to par with people around them, with classmates around them. If they're not having a functional grasp on the scissors, I gotta help them. They're not having a functional grasp on the crayon, on the marker, on the pencil, I gotta help them. We have to make it so that they have a better idea of how to be involved with the classroom properly. My purpose is to help them be more independent. My purpose is to help them be more on par with their classmates. My purpose in having a podcast, each podcast has a purpose. Each podcast has a tagline. The radio show, this one, of course, is a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. We try to talk about an hour about a topic that I think could be helpful, that I think I could give my flow and my spin on, oftentimes a sheer or a Judaic topic, and oftentimes not. Where we're just talking about a regular general life topic. We used to call this Tani Talks Life. Now it's Tani Talks Radio slash life. Really Tani Talks Radio. The Daf Shear is talking about the Daf lesson a day. In a few minutes you're late. Wait, we literally try to find a phrase or a word or a story or a comment or a paragraph that we could apply to life, a practical lesson for life. Parsha. We try to talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep this season, season three. We're trying to keep it to five to ten minutes, talking about a phrase or a verse or a pasik or a different aspect of the Parsha that we could bring home. We recorded the the Parsha one for this week already, talking about Noach Ish Sadik, how we each could take elements of a side in our own generation trying to apply it to our lives to do what we can a partial lesson the OT show we try to talk the OT perspective here on season 6 the OTP for the week the OTP the OT perspective for the day to get you on your way always have a tagline we try to have Blaine Edder and Pirkei Elvis we talk a Mishnah of Pirkei Elvis per day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say each podcast has a specific purpose each show has a specific meaning and ability to hopefully uplift and inspire and to do what you can to help others again if you want to be part of the podcast easy email me maximum tee at yahoo.com we could easily add you to the podcast group we could send you the link to be added to the podcast group as well we want people to be involved but when it comes to whatever you're doing in life when it comes to whatever you're participating in life we need there to make sure for yourself that there should be an actual reason an actual purpose for what you're involved in we want it to be that there's a purpose for what you're doing there's a purpose for what you're involved in You need to make sure that your life and its aspects and its activities and its tasks have meaning and purpose involved with what you're doing. We want it to be that there's purpose and we want it to be that there's meaning in our days in many different ways in the world around us. If there is no purpose, if there is no meaning, it's very easy to be miyayish. It's very easy to lose hope. It's very easy to lose that ability to continue thriving, to continue going. There's a mushal, there's a parable of a guy, of a person who is told to to move the mill, to move the grindstone every day for the king or for whoever was the ruler. And he's in prison for whatever crime, whatever reason. And he moves the mill, moves the mill, moves the mill, thinking that he's moving the grain, thinking he's helping the economy. He's helping the society. One day, for some reason, the cruel masters, the cruel taskmasters, the cruel king opens the window and shows him that the entire time 
The mill was connected to nothing. He literally was moving the grinder day by day, every single day, and it was, ac- it was accomplishing nothing. He saw that. He collapsed, and Loelino literally passed away because what he did had no purpose. What he did had no meaning. What he did had no function. When there's no function, no purpose, no meaning involved, very easy to lose heart, very easy to lose hope, very easy to lose any purpose or any rationale. So in general, in our life, we need to have routines for our days. We need to have purpose for our days. We need to have identity for our days. We need to have roles in our days and rituals routines, and a schedule, and of course have ourselves be involved in different areas of occupation. If a person is wasting their days, then yeah, after the holidays, after the Om Tovim, it's not going to be easy to love the routine, to love the daily grind. What do you do with yourself? You sit and you watch Seinfeld all day, just an example of a random show. You sit and you and you watch cat videos all day, you sit and you watch dog videos. Is that really a purpose for your life? Is that really a purpose to your days? Yes, everybody here and there binges different videos and binges different things, not not everyone, but many people do. I understand it, but that can't be the essence of your existence. That can't be a reason of your existence, however you say that word. There has to be a way to make sure that you use your days, use your ways, use your minutes and your hours for a good purpose. We know that the Avos, we're coming to the Avos in the next couple of parshiot. After this week, Avram is one of my favorite, favorite characters in all of Tanakh. Eliyahu is also up there. Avraham is... It says about him and Sarah's wife, Yimei Shanae, after their time in this world, 147 and 127, I believe, for Avram and Sarah, respectively. And it says at the end of their life, it says Yimei Shanae. It could easily have said Yimei Avraham, Yimei Sarah. It could have easily said Eila Shanim shall Avram, Eila Shanim shall Sarah. It could have easily said that, but it doesn't say that. It says Yimei Shanae. Why does it say both? Why does it explain both? Because those people, like Avraham and Sarah, made the most of their days and made the most of their years. And I've talked about this before on different shirim and different shows. There are people who live a 100 years but didn't even accomplish 10 years worth of that. They wasted their time. There are people that only lived 36 years but made the most out of those years, and it's as if they lived 120 years. A person can have a lot of years but do nothing with it. A person, a person can have very few years and make a lot of them. Rabbi Kellmer Zetzal, the, the founder, one of the founders and leaders of our community who passed away a couple of years ago, was like this. Zetzal, he literally made more hours in the day than humanly possible. He would be in like two weddings at the same time. It's almost like he cloned himself. They say about him that he like made a 40-hour day out of a 24-hour day. He barely slept. He would take calls after 11, after 12, and he would be at each person's simcha and, and lower at a Levi and different things, crazy. That's a person that's a Yemeshine, can really make the most out of the hours, the most out of the days, the most out of the years. Yemeshine, making the most out of your years and making the most out of your days. A person can have many years but not use their days. A person can have many days and not use their years. You want to be someone that uses their days and uses their years both to the utmost possibility possible. If we incorporate these elements we can end up loving the daily grind. And as a side note, as a regular side aspect, if you have aspects to your week that you really look forward to, it makes the weeks fly by and makes the weeks very enjoyable. If the whole week you're dreading, and I use the word dreading on purpose, if you dread the week, you dread the work week, then first of all, you have a fundamental problem because you're not involved in work that you love. The very famous phrase that I very much agree with, if you love what you do, you will never work a day in your life. If you love what you do, then it doesn't become work. It becomes like a hobby. It becomes like a passion. It becomes something that you're happy to be involved with. If you love what you do and do what you love, then really your days are able to be much more pleasant. I love working with kids. I love being able to interact with kids in sessions. In OT, going into OT, many one of the reasons of going into OT was to be able to learn through play and to work through play. When I was with my campers in Hask many years ago, 2007 to 2009, 2007 to 2009, I was there three summers. One of the coolest things was to be able to bring my kid to the therapy room and to see how they work with him in OT. And I said, if you can have a profession where you could literally play with a child and you get paid to do this. It's a profession where you play games with the kids to work on their skills. How awesome is that? This is something I want to do. 
in the school. In elementary school, that's exactly right. I take the kid out, we'll sit at the table, and we'll do any task that can work on whatever goal they have. Their goal might be to write two to three sentences with the proper form, space, line, and and sizing. It might be that they're going to cut on the lines. It might be that they that they are able to participate in the task for the proper amount of time. If I could take any task and incorporate writing, incorporate cutting, incorporate their goals into, we're golden. So I could sit and I could work with them playing Scrabble and we make sentences with the Scrabble. I could sit with them working on Monopoly and we write down the scores and we figure out the points. I could play Realme Cub with them. I could play Bananagrams with them. As long as we incorporate the elements of the goals, I'm able to play games with them and to love what I do. I love I love working in a school. I love working with kids in a school. And if I could work with them on sensory aspects and let them play with Play-Doh and let them play with Legos and play with bricks to work on their fine motor skills, to work on their in-hand manipulation skills between their thumbs and their pointer and their middle and their ring and their and their little finger to get them to work with their hands, that's golden. But if you dread the week you dread your job, then you're not in the right place. You should love what you do. Famously, I've talked about this many, many times over the years, since 2018 when we started the podcasts, and now it's been almost four years later now. When it, uh, Over four years later, actually, Baruch Hashem. When it comes to, to figuring out what you're supposed to do in your life, and people have said this much better than me, uh, Sarah Riegler, I believe, explains on H.com, there are two ways to figure out what you're supposed to do. Think about to the past what were the most pleasurable, most awesome, uplifting times in your life that you felt fully fulfilled. You loved what you were involved in. And I'm not talking about looking at a beautiful sunrise or listening to beautiful music, but being involved in something that felt just right. You take that and you combine it with the idea of what would you do if you had six hours to the day and you could do anything in the world you wanted. You didn't have to worry about money. You didn't have to worry about time. You didn't have to worry about responsibilities. You didn't have to worry about family or kids or anything like that. What would you do? So if you think about what you loved to do, what was a beautiful thing in your life, and you think about what you would do if you had an endless amount of time to the day, what would you do? And that should guide you. Oh, yeah, if I had all the time in the world, I would make a senior center. Why are you not doing that? That's Hashem literally speaking through your mouth, telling you what you're supposed to do. You should not be dreading the work week. You should not be dreading the week. If you love teaching, you love writing, you love speaking, you love working with kids, that should be what you're doing. If you love trains, I often say, why are you working in a bank? If you love working with animals, what are you doing being an actuary, being an accountant? That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And then you're going to dread the week and you're wasting away those hours, those minutes. You could have been doing your life's purpose. You could have actually been loving the routine, loving your work week. A person hates to work with the GI system, but he went into a doctor to become a GI and he, and he spent 30 years hating what he did, you're totally missing the point. You're totally wasting your years. You're totally wasting your time. We should love the week. One of the highlights to my week is this radio show. I look forward to it all week. Obviously, I love Shabbos, and we'll get to that in a second. But during the work week itself, this is one of my favorite things to do of the entire week. If it was up to me, if I didn't have to worry about financials, I didn't have to worry about you know time commitments, my kids are in school, and my wife is working, and then I have to worry about all these things, and I could get paid to do it like a real regular job, you bet or believe it, you better believe it, I would be a radio host. That is a dream job. That is a dream thing to do. And this ability to be on the radio, thanks to Radio.co and thanks to the sponsorship of of sheer enjoyment. This is a dream come true. For me, this is a wonderful, wonderful part to my week. I don't dread the work week. I don't dread the routine. I love the routine. I love the structure. Monday night at 8.30, for me, the hour that we get to be on the radio is a beautiful privilege, a beautiful honor, a beautiful thing of the whole week. I look forward to my podcast throughout the week, getting to do a talk about the DAF. I might feel you know, pressured to keep up with it. I might feel pressured to get the recording done. But when I'm doing the recording and I could send it out, I feel a f- beautiful sense of fulfillment. I feel a beautiful sense of accomplishment that I had it recorded and I put it out there. And then I know it's on Jewish podcasts. I know it's on Sheer Enjoyment. I know it's out there. People can get to it, can listen to it. And making a WhatsApp group to put the recordings every day also was a was a big win for us to do this year. That was a, I believe that was a good idea. Also, that's a highlight of the week. I really like that. Also, 
Being able at the end of the day, on a regular day, to sit down with my wife is also a highlight of the day. We actually found this amazing, amazing show recently that is so, so good. You know, I, I, I wish I could say that uh, my wife and I are uber, uber, uber spiritual, uber lamdan, uber chachamim, where we listen to shirim all day, every day. But, you know, Hashem puts different aspects and different needs in different people. We have the need to watch something. So Baruch Hashem, we find things together that are good things to watch, that are proper things to watch. Master Chef Junior is probably one of the best shows we've ever watched together. I look forward to being able to sit down and see really cool recipes coming from little kids. And, and it's a very interesting thing to watch together. It's a high highlight of the entire day. Being able to drop off my kids and pick up my kids these past couple of years during COVID and whatnot, remote times and whatnot, has been a wonderful, wonderful privilege, a real highlight to my day. The epic, epic, epic conclusion to the entire week, actually for me, I look forward to the whole week, is Friday night. I love to sit down when I have the energy, when I have the capability. Again, baby is not sleeping properly. She's having that eight, nine month regression. Our other kids had it also. She's not sleeping now, not sleeping in general. She wakes up at 12, at 3 some days, and very, very disturbed sleep. Obviously, she's having uh, Baruch Hashem growing pains and, and gas and whatnot, but Aside from that, when I, I'm at my usual self and I have enough sleep in the system that I can actually stay awake on a Friday night, if anyone's like me, then Friday night is actually the hardest night to stay up late for because the whole week comes crashing down on you. The tiredness, the fatigue, the energy is sapped all the way at the end on Friday night, but when I'm awake, the highlight, and I made sure to do the dot for the day, make sure that the Parsha is finished for the day, sitting down, once the candles are burning, the kids are in bed, I say this a lot, that's actually the climax of the entire week, when I have a good Jewish book, a fantastic Jewish book to sit down and read next to my wife, and she has her book, and I have my book, and we oftentimes switch books so we can discuss the book, discuss the characters, that's really a highlight to the week, it's not a dread for me, it's an anticipation, it's a exciting. It's a climax to the week. Shabbos itself is a beautiful climax also. And oftentimes my wife and I will take the kids together to shul, whether we go to the shul that has the playground indoors a few blocks away, or we go to the outdoor tent when it's a beautiful day so the kids can have the playground nearby. And we've tried different minyanim throughout the town. But that's a highlight to the week also. And then my kid makes sure to pack the snacks and pack the water. We make sure they take out the strollers. These days in the summer and the fall now, fall is my, my favorite new Season, it used to be spring, I actually switched to fall. Allergy-wise, it's just a no-brainer. The crispness of the air is wonderful, fantastic. We've talked about this many times. I don't dread the week. I have different aspects to the week that I highlight and I look forward to, that there are different parts that I like. When Wednesday, when the when the groceries get delivered by the by the by the store around the corner of the supermarket is also a highlight because then the kids see what came for the week, what came for Shabbos. They put away their yogurts. They help me put away the milk and the eggs and the chicken that we'll use for the soup, the crockpot soup, and then the, the meat that we'll use for the crockpot chillin'. That's another highlight to the week. And then Wednesday I have my session with my person. Usually, obviously, Yom Tovim was thrown off, but I have a person that I check in with every week and who guides me. That also is very helpful. So we have different things throughout the week that we need to look forward to. If you can make it a routine, a routine that you love, a routine that you have, and a routine that's functional for you, you don't have to dread the week. And it starts with having the proper occupation. It starts with having the proper job, making sure that you're involved in something that makes sense, not something that you hate or you dread to do. Whoever said you should work with something you hate, that makes no sense. You should love what you do and do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Life. And, and before you know it, you'll be seven years in and wondering where the time goes. I can't believe it's already been seven years working with kids in the public school system. Fascinating. People who hate what they do and they look at the clock every five minutes, that's the problem. we got to find something you really love to do. It shouldn't be that you're looking at the clock every five minutes. The clock goes much slower when you look at it rather than when you don't look at it, when you're involved in it. If we could have a routine and we could look at the week, we could say, yes, I'm looking forward to today. What can I do today? Today. What can I be accomplishing today? I can't wait to record my podcast for today to try to help someone else, to uplift someone else. I can't wait to work on this or that. And another highlight to the life, by the way, are a lot of these side projects that I work on, a lot of these side projects that I'm involved in. We ourselves have a free lending library out of our basement. I actually just changed the flyer today, updating the flyer. And that's a really cool thing to look forward to. We ever get a patron, a person that wants to come take a book out of our basement, we have a whole bookshelf full of books that we bought over the years that we happily lend out. 
because we want it to be a selfless thing that people can enjoy reading like ourselves. I love these Jewish novels, especially Menucha Publishers is my current favorite. Sharp Press is really good too, and Feldheim is also good. Sufta is good too, and Israel Bookshop is good too. All these different Jewish publishers, but those books are awesome, and I want other people to have a joy of reading in, in a good way, in a Jewish way, with Jewish themes and Jewish elements, and it doesn't have any necessary elements. It has good content, and there's no cursing. It's very clean. Clean concepts and Jewish concepts is beautiful. So the FLL was the idea, my wife and I thought, why not share these books with the community? I got these beautiful stickers. I made this beautiful flyer, and I made this sign-up sheet. When people come, they sign up books, and they give us their their information. We know how long they're going to hold on to the book for. I wish it caught on more. We've had patrons here and there. Maybe the new flyer will catch on, and more people will come. But Baruch Hashem, the shul, the synagogue that we're members of, actually puts it out for us. Blin Edermir Hashem on Thursdays, part of the Daily Digest, the Daily Email. And then on Friday, as part of the Sabbath, Shabbos newsletter email, which I think is beautiful. Hopefully people will see it. Hopefully people will catch on and be involved. That's another wonderful thing that we try to do. It's something I look forward to doing. We also now have a baking class that we do on Sundays, Sunday mornings. I know we got to think of what we're going to do this week. This week we actually made lava cakes. My wife had me find this recipe that she found with me. It actually came out epically good. And I try to also do an activity with them. They come for like an hour and a half, like 10.30 to 12 o'clock to our house. So I try to get like an OT thing. So this week I got them scratch art books. Last week I got them, or the other week I got them water-based painting books. I try to find something for them every week. Blean Edder with a recipe. And then I send home some lava cakes with them, muffin pin size muffin pan size, excuse me, and then I let them have some free play. There's always a little bit of screaming, a little bit of fighting, but by and large, we have a couple of kids that come to the class. That's another highlight to the week. I'm also involved in this fine five project, which is like the Jewish Where's Waldo, and I'm trying to get it catch caught on more often. That's a project I look forward to. I love the idea. Over the years, Hashem put the idea in my mind to have Fivel and his wife and four children and a goldfish that's in different picture scenes and different picture elements. And we have these six items or so that you're supposed to find, like a tzedakah box and a menorah and a kiddush cup and a talus and a sitter. All these different things that we find. We, we had them in the first episode and the first installment that was actually published in a newspaper. We had him have a house and we're hoping to put him in a shul and a base kinesis and we're hoping to put him in the playground and in school. I have all these ideas. I already sketched them out, waiting on an artist who hopefully is going to help me pro bono, but it's not sharp enough. These are different things I try to be involved in. I also have the OT whispers idea that's trying to be part of my routine. I want to give an OT story, a success story, a couple of lines, how we helped a kid in an OT way that I would love to see published in a newspaper or magazine every week. I also have the OT craft idea that Hashem put in my mind, the whispers of craft, all these things Hashem put in my mind, I'm hoping will catch on, where I would give a craft for the week, you know, time... Tasks in No Time by Mr. Tani was the name of it. It didn't catch on yet. But these are all different things that I'd love to work on, and it's not work for me because I find it something that's passionate. I really like it, these side projects. Working for Sparks and Seconds, sending over my Dav, sending over my Perkyovas, sending over my Parsha, and the Spark from Rev Miller, and a Parsha video from a different rabbi. Every day we try to do during the weekday. These are things I like to be involved in. Community Luach is an awesome, awesome WhatsApp group also that's Jewish classifieds. We try to post job things or different things that schools are doing, and uh, items for sale, houses for sale, rides needed, or rides looking for, apartments looking for, like really classifieds that... I was connected with and being involved in si- trying to sign up people on jewishpodcast.fm which is where I actually am hosted on my five shows is a wonderful thing we actually just ran an ad on Yeshiva World Yeshiva Yeshiva World WhatsApp groups and we actually had a couple of bites and I actually called a couple of people and hopefully we had one or two connections that it actually worked so look out for that you can hit me up at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com if you want to have a podcast. I'm happy to work on it with you. I'm happy to guide you through the steps. I could literally teach you how to set up a podcast, how to add episodes, how to make a tagline, how to make a description, how to make a title, and how to add a picture to your show as well. These are all really cool things to be involved in, and it's part of my routine. I didn't even talk about how to function in doing the house. The house itself is a whole other monster to try to tackle if you will but i have it down to a science we can't do everything every day it would never work so laundry days are usually sundays tuesdays thursdays sometimes mochi shops if i have the energy but most times not so really it's sundays times two you know the towels the bed sheets 
all the kids' bed sheets. We actually switched my daughter to a bed a couple of weeks ago, so now she has a bed sheet too. We had someone build it, and um, that's part of the routine. That's Sunday. Sunday's usually also catch up on dishes day from Shabbos, but now that we do the crock pots, it's a little easier. Crock pot soup is a brilliant brilliant way of, of making Shabbos. We just put the ingredients in Friday morning and it's ready by Friday night. Delicious, steaming hot. You don't have to worry about turning off the flame, turning on the flame. We actually only have electric in the house anyway for the stove, so it would be a burner that's an electric burner, an electric stove, an electric laundry. But in any case, these are different things that are part of my routine. So Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday usually is the laundry days. Monday, obviously, usually it's Tiny Talks Radio Night. My wife is in grad school. She is in grad school on Monday and Wednesday nights. And um, I'm actually starting to see students, God willing, for a third job on the side for remote teletherapy. So I'm hopefully going to have students on Tuesday nights also, maybe another night. And, of course, the Sparks group and the Luach group is throughout the day. So these are all things to incorporate into the day. You know, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday is usually bath day. I try to do it a couple of days a week. I don't want it to be every day. It would be too much. don't want it to be less than three times a week. We want it to be good to get that done. So every day has its different elements. And of course, you know, Friday we get ready for Shabbos, putting up the crockpots usually on Friday morning. And then as before the clocks change, usually on Friday I'm able to make the other stuff like the broccoli and the kugel and uh, oftentimes noodles and chicken nuggets and sometimes chicken. Different cool stuff we're able to do. And we have to figure out how to monopolize on the time, monopolize on our days, how to make sure to have a routine of the week to get through different things. And whenever we need to get things accomplished, how can we get it done? My friend lost his mom, so we ran over to try to make it to the funeral in time. We actually missed the funeral by 20, 30 minutes. Then we ran over to try to make the, the, the actual burial in time. We made it for the last 10 minutes. We actually spent our Saturday night going with two other friends who drove us while we had babysitting. That took the whole night, but we made it and we sat with him for a couple of minutes that took a lot of time but you have to learn how to manage your time to have time management a person who it's just them or it's just them and a wife or it's just them and a wife and a kid or even just them and a wife and a kid or two you know there are people that have like a lot more things going on in their life that are able to manage their time much more better than these people that have much less going on in their life and i never understood it you know baruch hashem hashem blessed me with a wife and four kids that's a lot of things to juggle and i have three jobs and i have lots of side projects it has to be managed but a person that's just them or just them and their wife or just them and their wife and a kid or two even if you have three four or even more there are, there are ways to to lose the money on the ball and and there has to be a better way to manage the time. And, and in OT land, that's what we try to do. How can we manage our time? How can we manage our priorities? And that's why I have it down to a science what we do every day. And of course, there are time savers. I could go on for hours about this, but... Simple time savers, for example, Chase app and Citibank app are awesome apps. I'm sure Bank in America and TD has an app. They have mobile ways of accepting checks. So instead of spending so much time to go out to the bank and cash a check and come back, just take a picture of it and send it in. It's a true tested way. I've done it for years now. Many people have done it for years now that literally could save aspects to your day and to your routines. I don't believe in, in shopping in stores as much anymore, not because of COVID or anything. That was obviously a, a worry at a time but now it saves a lot of time to send in the email to the local store to tell them exactly what i want exactly what i need and to please deliver it to me i save a lot of time and energy yes it might be more expensive yes it might be higher prices than everywhere else but i'm not giving up hours and i mean hours to drive there to shop to drive back to unload it, to put it away. It'll take three times as much time to then when it's delivered to me and I know where everything is in their store. It's literally around the corner from our house. And if I am missing stuff, sometimes I do shop in person. But it's still faster than going any other place. Yes, it might be more more money, but I believe time and energy also is very valuable. Time is money, you know? Energy is money, I would say, too. So these are ways to save time also, to to save time in the day, to save time in your, in your way. Get it delivered. I don't go to the store to to buy shoes anymore i did it for our first kid for our first pair of shoes what i did was i bought a shoe sizer yes amazon i found a shoe sizer a plastic thing it becomes a really fun thing every four to six months or so for my kids my older three kids not the baby obviously where we measure their feet we see if they groom i sit down with them and we look on amazon what shoe do they want i find the size that they want the color that they want i try to get them a shabba shoe and a regular shoe and they bring it to the home simple 
when it comes to ordering anything we need for the house. You think I go to stores? No, I do it online and I have it delivered here because I do not have the time and the energy and I'm not going to mess up the whole week to do this. I, I, I measure exactly what I need. When it came to anything, basically anything material as well, I do this. So when it came to my daughter's bed that we got a couple of weeks ago, I measured the space in the grill room. I knew there was enough space between the dresser and the crib to find a beautiful bed for my daughter. I had someone build it. It came. It was delivered. Thank you, Amazon. A beautiful, beautiful bed. I did a ton of research to make sure it's eco-friendly and the mattress is eco-friendly. I made sure there's still enough room to open the drawers enough that I could get the stuff out. And that's what we do because you have to make do with what you have and you make do with the rooms you have and you measure what you have. And for my kids, I, I show them exactly the bed sheets that they want and the clothing that they want. We go through every single thing directly together and we figure out what to do. So they want a shirt. We look at it together. They're going up to the next size. We'll find the clothing together. I run it by them. I see if they like it. If they're not going to like it, they're not going to wear it. So we need to make sure to do that. I'm not going to go to a clothing store and go through every single item and seeing if they like it. You know how much time that would waste? Time is money, right? And we want to be Yemeshine kind of people. We want to be people we're using our days, we're using our years in the proper way, in the proper aspect. If we're not going to have it, we're going to dread the weeks, we're going to dread the days, we're not going to get through our weeks. And it's also very difficult for me to do a haircutting and nails. Those are probably the two hardest things for me as a parent. So my solution was to do it myself. During COVID, I taught myself how to cut their hair. It's not really cutting. It's really buzz buzz. I use uh, the hair buzzer, basically. I bought from Amazon also. They hate it with a passion, but usually I let them watch Spidey and Friends on Netflix or whatever, and that makes it a little easier for nails. Also, I let them watch Spidey and Friends, and then I let them choose a toy. So we bought, we got a couple of toys at a giveaway, a school supply giveaway a couple of months ago. So there were some toys there. So I let them watch as I'm doing their nails for the three older kids. The baby I don't even attempt to yet. It's too difficult. And then afterwards, I need positive reinforcement. I let them choose something. So a couple of times we did stickers like Spider-Man stickers or Toy Story stickers or Paw Patrol stickers. Recently, though, now we got a Lego knockoff. So they each chose a little Lego figure, and that was great. I didn't have to spend money. It was given. And even when I do spend money, I let them get one thing from Amazon, like a Hot Wheel car for 5 bucks or something. I find the money well worth it because the fight it would be to do that would be very difficult. And haircutting, I do myself also. And afterwards, I let them get a toy. These are all things that could be time savers. People have to realize when it comes to the routine, we could love the routine. We could love how to go about our things. And, and we could do so many things from the home. So many things from the home. There's so many remote options, remote availability, and remote things between clothing shopping and, and, and materialistic shopping and, and things that we need to buy, things we need to get. We could easily do things like that. I don't even go into stores anymore. For most things, it's possible to do from the home. If I need something, I look into it. I try to find it. Even stamps, I don't even go to the to the post office. I found them online as well. You know, personalized labels for my kids' stuff I did, Target and, and Amazon to send the school supplies I did online. All things uh, online, even Amazon Fresh and, and, and Whole Foods has online stuff. Online is really the wave of the future. It really saves so much time. And when I do Fresh and Amazon Fresh delivery, I, I'm given an exact time of how to go about it. And this all makes the routine of the week better. The question becomes, though, why are routines so important? We talk about routine, loving routine. We talk about all these things that could help the routine. But why do we need a routine? Even not Jewish society, secular society recognizes how important routine is. As RaisingKids.net.au points out, routines help children feel safe, develop life skills, and build healthy habits. Routines help parents feel organized, reduce stress, find time for enjoyable activities. I want to explain that I'm not the most organized person. My house does not look like a pristine showroom. There are toys all over the place. Every now and again, I'll get the, the cleaning bug and uh, and I'll clean the house. So the 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 two bathroom floors and the kitchen floor, I'll use a Swiffer wet for. No, I do not mop. I use Swiffer. Swiffer is much faster, much easier. The rest of the house has wood floors, so I'll usually use a Swiffer dry, especially for the three bedrooms: the boy room, the girl room, and our room, and the little landing we have as well in the living room and in the dining room oftentimes i'll use the the broom and dustpan to sweep up because most times it's just dirt and debris sometimes i'll use the the swiffer wet and the swiffer dry and then i found this non-electric type of a vacuum kind of a thing where you like roll it back and forth it picks up dust my kids actually love to use it my kids have actually become great helpers especially for the sabbath for shabbos so one will want to use the sweeper and and dustpan one will want to use the mr green i call it which is basically the swiffer wet on the two bathroom floors and on the kitchen floor 
and one will want to use the the makeshift vacuum and they actually help a lot and then they put away their toys and we clean up the couch then it actually looks like a respectable place but it's not that i am the most organized person it's not that i'm the most clean person oftentimes there's clothing in a pile you know on our dressers and in the kids rooms and our house is a very modest house. There's not a ton of storage. So my the girly room has a tiny closet and a dresser. And the boys' room has a regular closet and uh, plastic shelves for my son and, and some shelves for my other son. And, and actually, the two hanging are really for me and my wife. When the kids get older, I'm going to have to improvise and figure out what to do to hang up their dresses and hang up their suits. Maybe we'll have to buy an armor or something. And in our room, we have a little little a little closet also. And we have two dressers and two nightstands and the, and the beds, of course. But we have to figure out how to go about it. So I might not be the most organized person, the most cleanly person in the house but i try my best but there are definitely ways to be involved in time savers and we know that when we have routines it really is healthy and helpful to be involved with reducing stress and finding time for enjoyable pursuits and activities good routines are well planned regular and predictable oftentimes i'll say that we have great intentions but they're not always executed in the best fashion like my friend we wanted to help out we wanted to make it to the funeral we did not make it on time but we had great intentions you know, oftentimes I want to do a great activity for my for my sons and my daughters, but it's not. They don't always participate. They don't always act so nice. We had this great idea to go to Schmidt Farm the other week, which is a farm on Long Island, a, a very cute little farm. They had a playground area, they had a hayride, and they had, you know, uh, mini golf. Really, really cool. But of course, two hours in, the kids are complaining. Why? We have such nice ideas, such good ideas, but when you complain, you ruin it. So we could have a routine where we could try to make a Sunday fun day. Who else does a baking class for fun for people just to give fun? It's like built-in play dates for you guys, but you're all fighting with each other like ridiculous. Come on. So we want it to be that we have a life where we have good routines, we have enjoyable activities, we want them to feel organized and not have stress. And it's good for security and self-discipline and independence as well. ECLKC points out, just like adults, children feel more confident and secure when their daily activities are predictable and familiar. A consistent daily schedule and step-by-step routines give children a predictable day. Schedules and routines in the group care setting and at home help children feel in control of their environment and, and in control of their environment. A website called Zero to Thrive points out how research shows that routines support healthy social and emotional development in early childhood in particular. Children with regular routines at homes have self-regulation skills, the building blocks of good mental health. When children learn to regulate feelings and behaviors, it means that they are able to identify their feelings and have skills to manage those feelings so they don't feel overwhelmed. Young children who learn to do this well are better able to adapt to everyday challenges, stressors, and new expectations. Children do not learn to do this all at once, just as when a child is learning other important skills like reading and writing. Self-reg, self-regulation, a major thing in OT, is a set of skills that build over time. Every stage includes age appropriate milestones and important things parents can do to coach children from one stage into the next. A special kind of routine or ritual like Shabbos Shul, Shul for Shabbos for kids, adds an additional layer to the significance of predictable family experiences. Rituals are routines that also impart a sense of family identity and promote connection among family members. Rituals give children a growing sense of themselves as a member of a greater whole which promotes positive developmental outcomes. In addition, the joy that families experience inside of rituals together can leave an emotional residue that children keep with them to cope with during stressful times when times are uncertain and children experience worry or sadness rituals provide the internal sense that they are not alone and have a balance in their lives of positive and negative experiences some things every day are an anchor for kids. For example, make sure to at least have one meal, preferably the same meal each day, occurs at about the same time and is a chance for all family members as it's possible to sit together without distractions. For us, that's kid dinner. Five o'clock, we try to do kid dinner, which is not unusual, by the way. It's not weird or, or not normal, like a lot of people in my town do that. Anytime we cook for people, which I think is a beautiful mitzvah, a beautiful thing, whether it's a potluck or whether it's to take them a meal or a meal train, many, many times I'll cook for them. I'm the cook and the baker in the family. I take care of the house stuff in general. So I'll make a meal for them and they oftentimes ask for five o'clock. So five o'clock is the time you sit down with your kids. Try not to be distracted. Try to put away your phones. Make it a cell phone free zone. Sit down. Even if there's yelling and screaming, they know that they sit down with Abba. They sit down with mommy. Abba is Hebrew for dad. And they eat together and they talk together. You know what happened today, Abba? You know what we did today? And we sit, we laugh, we talk, and we interact. And they know that's one of the last things to the day before pajamas or bath time and bedtime. Think carefully about household rules, and while you may be tempted at this time to relax expectations, especially kid dinner, be firm with rules that matter most in the long term for your family. For example, you may decide to relax rules about how neat the house is, 
<clears throat> especially for me, or how much TV your children are allowed to watch, but rules about safety and kindness should never be unclear to children. It's really best, as we mentioned before, to have the weekly highlights to look forward to. That's how we could really love the routine. I believe that's the key aspect to success, to love the routine. We have a routine Monday through Friday. We're doing different things. And then Sunday and Shabbos, we have things also. I look forward to the radio show so much every week. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thanks to sheer enjoyment for sponsoring. Thanks to Radio.com for setting us up. The Tani Talks Radio was this idea that was born this year to be weekly live on the radio. Being a real radio host is an epic dream. It's beautiful. The Tani Talks Podcast are a wonderful thing, I believe, to be involved in, to have my shows of Daf and OT and Perkeyavos and Parsha, to talk about different things, five to ten minutes or three minutes or so for Daf, to be able to talk about things on the weekdays, Monday through Thursday. Weekly highlights, being involved in chill nights and date nights with my wife, watching things like Master Chef Jr. You gotta check it out. It's an awesome show. Doing the radio live, doing podcasts, Shabbos with the reading, the Sunday Kid Cooking Class, the FLL, the Free Lending Library. We just made a new flyer. And the Fival Project, Find Fival. These are ways to really love the routine. We've just gone through a month where the routine was completely thrown off. We've just gone through a month where there was Yom Tov and Shabbos and Yom Tov and Shabbos, high holiday after Sabbath after high holiday after Sabbath. Very difficult. But as OTs, as occupational therapists, we want to live in a way that we live occupationally. We live meaningfully. We live a life that is a wonderful life, is a meaningful life. We want it to be where we truly are involved in an epic type of a life where we love the routine, where we look forward to the routine. And if we're in a job, if we're in a profession, we're in an occupation that we're not loving what we do, then there could be fundamentally a problem. The weeks can become tedious. It could be that we dread those weeks. We dread the work. We dread the hours. We dread the minutes. We dread the time that we're involved in these different things. It's difficult to get through the weeks when you hate what you do. Why would you ever go into a profession where you hate what you do? You only have 120 years in this life. If we're lucky, we should be Zochem. We should be meritorious that God gives us 120 years. How many of those years are you working? Most people don't work till they're 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I started working at around 27. I was in grad school and I was in college and I studied in seminary for two years. I didn't really start my full job working for the DOE. I had jobs here and there, but not full-time work until around 27. How many years do we work? 30 years, 40 years? Full-time work, not talking about volunteer or side projects. So we work maybe from 27, I should be Zoha, to work till, till uh, 57, 67. Some people work till they're 70, 75. We should all live on a Mayor of Esther to 120 years. But how many years are we working? You're going to spend 30, 40, 50 years of your life hating a profession, hating a job. It's very daunting to think about what you're going to go into, what you're going to practice, what your job is going to be. Some people end up not working after having a degree and spending thousands or 100,000, 110, 20, 30, 40,000. What about a doctor who spends 200 grand and ends up leaving the profession? I find that very sad. Or people who are involved in different things, teachers, therapists, nurses, practitioners, people who go for a degree and never use it. I find that very sad. There's got to be something you can do with it. Even if your passion is something else, combine it. Okay, so you want to be a writer, be an occupational therapist, and a writer. You want to be a radio person, so be an occupational therapist and a radio person, which is what I try to do. You want to be a a banker, a zookeeper, you want to be a, a speaker, whatever, but combine it with whatever you want to do. If you could think about what that author talked about, your most pleasurable moments, your most pleasurable experiences of your whole life, and combine it with whatever you would do if you could, if you had hours and not worries, what would you do? In college, my favorite thing to do was those Tuesday nights or Monday nights when I had the radio show, and I finally come back to it many years later in a much more functional and much more productive outlet. Back then, I was talking about, you know, hocking it up about about ridiculousness, about social situations and dating and whatnot. Ridiculous. Many years later, we try to do it in a better way. But that was one of the highlights of the things, one of the most pleasure things to do was to be live on the radio. I grew up listening to FM, to listening to people like PLJ and, and uh, Z100, Elvis Duran and uh, Scott and Todd, all these different people. And I'm like, I want to do that one day. I want to be involved in that. When I came to camp and I saw OT, that was a real job. I wanted to be involved in it, but a hobby, a passion. 
is something that we want to do. If you live to to be able to work and do something that you love to do, there are many people you see that they love what they do. It's very easy to see a person who loves what they do and they do what they love and they love what they do. People who end up going into other jobs just because it pays, they're not going to have a happy existence. They're not going to have a happy lifestyle. They're not going to love those weeks. They're not going to love routines. They're really going to be involved in things that are not how they want the, the, the job to be and it's not going to be an existence that really works for them. If we want to love routines after having all of these holidays, find those highlights of the week. Find those things you can look forward to the week and not just throughout the week, throughout the day. What do you look forward to the whole day? You look forward to going to your bed and falling asleep? You look forward to reading the paper for five minutes? Okay, whatever you can find the highlight of your day. Obviously, one of my highlights, the main highlight of the day is to be able to sit down after a long day and watch one of those shows with my wife when the kids are sleeping and Friday night sitting down and reading with my wife in the baking class and the radio show and the podcast and, and the free lending library, all different examples working on the FIVAL project and being able to be involved in catching up for the Parsha and the DAF also many times is pleasurable. What can we find in our days and our life to really be involved with if we could find highlights to our weekend, if we could love what we do as work, as occupations, and we could have ourselves involved to have a balanced life, to do what we have to do, do what we love to do, do what we want to do and to do what we want, what we have to do, having a balanced life with the proper factors, well-balanced and harmonious to make sure that we're involved with volunteering, we're involved in engaging in a favorite hobby or pastime, making sure we have a life involved in meaning, involved in occupation, where it's client-centered for ourselves and others, where we're involved in those different areas of occupation we talked about, talking about involved in those areas where we have our routines, we have our rituals, we have our roles, we have our identity, we have our purpose in our life, making sure we have these things where we have these routines and activities that are predictable. We can have a life where we truly live fo- look forward to the week and we look forward to the whole week and not just Shabbos. We look forward to the rest of the week too because these are ways to be involved where we know what our purpose is and what we do, what our job's purpose is, what our activity's purpose is, what our task's purpose is. Looking forward to picking up the kids and dropping off the kids. Looking forward to being involved in all these different things. If we could have these things in our life, we could look forward to the week and enjoy the week and not dread the work and we could actually look forward and love our daily routines, especially when we could bend the routine routine and find flexibility routines and then going on date nights with the wife is also very important after marriage not just dating and engagement but after marriage making sure to have those date nights doing those cool things my wife and i went out for her birthday we did a pottery making thing was so nice these different ways the different aspects really could elevate our week and we could love the routine we could love the days and these are just different ways to do so in our different ways and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. This has been Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. Join us, God willing, Amir Tashemli Nader, next week, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep here on the TTR on Tani Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani.